now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Oh, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. You have been to Boston before many times, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes, I, I have DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, the Mrs. Manson, uh, as it were, before she was Mrs. Manson, she was simply Miss Manson. Um, <laughs> she she lived in... It's impressive uh, that she didn't have to change her name. I know, very convenient, very convenient. Uh, lived in Somerville, which is... You know, a little bit of a, a little bit outside the city, and um, yeah, I would go up there on on most weekends, for, honestly. So, no stranger to the city now, of baked I, beans. I, I got some flack uh, from last week's show when I said I probably wasn't going to leave like a block radius of the hotel. But if I did decide to venture out, where would you recommend I go? That depends on what you're interested in. Well, let's start with the obvious and let's go with what restaurants or food experiences should I partake in. Well, again, if you go to Davis Square, which is in Somerville, um, basically right there where the tea lets out, there's like this little courtyard and the Somerville Theater is there and it's this old style movie theater, which has, you know, some great ambiance because it's this old building inside. It used to be like a real theater. They've converted to a movie theater. But like right in that little downtown area there, there is a little hole in the wall called the Boston Burger Company. And uh, those burgers are tremendous. They have all sorts of fun, different recipes. They have one... That's called the King, which has peanut butter, bacon, and mashed banana on it. They have another called the Artery Clogger, which is literally the patty breaded and deep fried with bacon on top of it on the patty on a, on a bun. Um, they have oh geez, they have like the big. They have a Big Mac equivalent. I forget what it was called, like the Big Mess or something. They have one with macaroni and cheese on the burger. Anyways, highly recommended. They serve all their burgers, at least they did, with a side of homemade potato chips. Certainly, you can also order yourself a side of fries, which were also quite delicious. Um, I highly, highly recommend the Boston Burger Company. And the best part is, directly next door to the Boston Burger Company is J.P. Licks, a wonderful ice cream establishment um, that has, you know, homemade ice creams and quite delicious. Highly recommended as well. They're directly next door to each other. You get dinner and dessert. It's wonderful. Okay. Well, explain this to me like I'm stupid. I'm going to be in Boston. Why would I go to Somerville? Like, how far well, are we talking? I understand that there are various townships that are close enough to Boston to be part of the greater Boston area. Sure. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, anything that's on the T is just Boston. I know that's not technically true, probably. People say that about New York, too. If you can get there by the subway system, you know, whatever borough you're in. That's, I mean, I don't, so I don't really know. I'm not that wise in the Boston ways. You want some okay. real tips, you talk to the New Age insiders, I would guess. But I don't know. It's You get on the red line, you get off at Davis Square. I mean, I've definitely been down by the harbor. It's no more... Then a 20-minute T-ride, so it's nice okay. and quick. It's not bad. 
Um, and said so you can get there pretty directly on the red line, so. All right. Well, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm heading there in the morning. I'll be there for a couple of days. Uh, this is Go more. Go to the aquarium. You're going to be that, at the harbor. That is, that is on the agenda. We are going to the aquarium. Okay. So, um, we're going to try to get to Faneuil Hall. People were suggesting that, except we're nah. a little further away from Faneuil Hall than people thought we were going to be. But, you know, I, my plan is this is a reconnaissance mission for me. Mrs. Matthews is doing work. This is a reconnaissance mission for me because if we, if this works for us and we make it, I want to do this more often and start actually exploring and being able to run around when it's not for work. So why? Because I would like to go more often. I would like to spend more time in the greater Boston area, but we haven't in years because we're not familiar with taking public transportation in. We're not familiar with getting ourselves around. And so I would like to rectify that. I would like to go are to- you, How are you getting there? We are going to drive to a place in Massachusetts and take the commuter rail into the city to okay. South Station and then take the subway to- uh, World Trade Center. Okay. Yeah, there's like uh, Alewife is a, one place that has a large parking garage that you could drive to and uh, go from there. Now, Another thing drive, I'd recommend- Did you drive straight to Mrs. Manson's or Miss Manson's place? At the time, yeah, she had uh, parking in the basement of her building. So since she didn't own a car, I was able to park in her spot whenever I uh, wanted, really. So it was well, really nice. easy for me. All right. But uh, while you're there, also yeah, sure. consider making your way over to uh, Prospect Street, technically Cambridge, I suppose. But again, you can get there on the T. Uh, check out Improv Boston. Improv Boston has a lot of great shows. They do a lot of like imp- uh, there. I used to like going there for uh, they had Improv Halloween uh, musicals, Gore Fest, I believe. I'm telling you, I'm I'm not positive, but I would love it. If pre Doc Manson, Doc Manson, and pre Liam Stryker, Liam Stryker were in the same building at the same time, because I don't know if he ever did Improv Boston, but I know he's big in the theater scene in the Boston area, including some improv stuff. So, hmm, that would be interesting. Well, if, I know, I know, you love talking about Liam Stryker. Ah, I feel like that name should mean something to me, but. <laughs> Uh, it's just <clears throat> not quite. What, what is going on? That, that's what's going on for me. What is going on in the world of Doc Manson? You're you're still. Have you resubscribed to the WWE Network? I have not. Although you know, there's enough going on this past week that it sort of is like, huh, huh. I th- I thought that as as I was reading about the last couple of days because I saw bits. I saw bits and pieces of Raw. Um, I actually watched the first probably half live, and then SmackDown I missed. But I was like, it's interesting that Doc canceled, and all of a sudden there's like a new world champion, and people are doing crazy things, and women are getting broken noses, and... And, you know, new champions. I said that. I know, but that's the thing I'm excited about. Heel turns and champions and, you know, movement instead of things just being completely stagnant for forever. Wheels were not just spinning. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I have no doubt that, you know, now that we've had our week of change, we can now spin until January. So. <clears throat> yes, but aren't you interested? Okay, so let's, let's talk about this. Daniel Bryan as world champion, how do you feel? You're clearly the heel turn 
you know, is okay with you, being him being champion at least yeah. holds some appeal to you. Sure. Does Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar excite you more than AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar? Not particularly. Um, if anything, now I'm more concerned about the competitor um, never being able to wrestle again. But, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of like, uh, <laughs> is this intentional? Is this Like, is Daniel Bryan going to take 13 German suplexes? It, I don't it, think so. It was one of those things that I'm like, everyone was like, oh, I guess... You know, they weren't really mad at him for skipping Saudi Arabia. And I'm like, or they're really mad at him. And this is their <laughs> way of being like, well, here's your chi- here's your title. Now Brock Lesnar is going to go out and throw you into the fifth row. And yeah, I mean, I doubt that is really. No. But, you know, the case, and again, but... it's a matchup that we've never seen before, which is nice. We saw AJ yeah. versus Brock last year. So that would have been something if two years in a row the champion versus champion match was the exact same people. That is the definition of spinning your wheels. Is I would have liked AJ Styles, I think, to hold on to that title a while longer. Um, to get to 434? Because, yeah, he was so close to the uh, to the record. I, I think I personally would have liked to have seen that occur. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, um, I'm but not yeah. necessarily against it. But that happened... Uh, Becky Lynch led a, revol- a led a women's invasion of SmackDown into Raw. Nia Jax legit broke her nose, possibly gave her a concussion. Did you know any of this? Now, yeah, just the now, way you phrased it when you're tuning in and out of a sentence, and Nia Jax broke her nose. It's like Nia Jax did not break her nose. Nia Jax did. broke Becky's nose. Oh, Nia Jax did not break her own nose. I thought it was funny that Nia Jax posted a picture of her hand after that and was like, how come no one's asking me if I'm okay? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's hilarious. Kind of. Kind of. I assumed Rhonda had done it. I really thought when I saw the pictures, I was like, I assumed Rhonda had injured her and people were going to be complaining about that. It's funny. When I first saw, I was just glancing at my Twitter and I saw a picture of a bloodied uh, Becky Lynch in that SmackDown blue shirt. Yes, that's what I thought. I was like, ah, Ronda got another one, huh? Mm-hmm. But uh, turns out, completely false. That was just my first thought, which apparently was your first thought as well, so I feel was- a little less bad about thinking it. But no, uh, Well, well yeah. she's feuding with Ronda. It, makes, it would assume that they would have <laughs> crossed paths, and I'm sure they wanted it to sound that way. and But now we're going to get Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey randomly at a Survivor Series. Woo! I, I'm looking forward to this weekend of wrestling. I, I might watch TakeOver in Boston, which would be kind of cool. And then uh, hopefully I'll be home. Well, I should be home in time. Hopefully I'll be awake to watch Survivor Series on Sunday. But... War Games should be good. Survivor Series should be good. So is, is GQ not coming over? Is it just... I haven't asked, but I presume I presume not. But Since uh, you have no way of watching? Yeah. Well, this will be an interesting... This will be an interesting test. But I did think it was funny, and I tweeted this out. It was 8.06, and Stephanie McMahon was walking to the ring, and I was like, Doc may have made the right decision. As far as I'm concerned, I still made the right decision, but, uh, you know, time will tell. All right. Well, so that's kind of the major news about wrestling, and DDT Podcast is no longer just 
a wrestling show. Uh, what else is what else is going on in the world of Doc Manson? You gearing up for finals and oh, Thanksgiving? There we go, Thanksgiving. The giving of thanks. Yes. Yep. That's happening. You, um, don't, you don't sound particularly you? enthused. What are you thankful for, DC Matthews? Oh, well, it's interesting because we record usually on Thursdays. Uh, I'm heading to Boston this Thursday, and next Thursday is Thanksgiving. So we're going to have to be creative with our uh, with our podcasting. I guess we'll just podcast next Wednesday. But uh, I'm thankful for you, first ah, and foremost. That's I will give, lovely. I will give you a heap of praise. I am thankful. I know. I'm I love th- praise. I know you do. I'm thankful that uh, we have a show that I enjoy doing. I'm thankful that we've made it to 153 episodes and counting. I'm thankful that uh, Mrs. Manson allows me to come over sometimes and torment your dog. And, uh-huh. you know, I'm thankful. I'm just going to go ahead and say that I am thankful for all of our Patreons. I am thankful for them. I'm thankful for all the besties who send us emails. Yeah, uh, them too. I'm thankful as to quote, <clears throat> I believe Shawn Michaels was quoted as saying this in a WWF magazine when I was a kid. I am thankful to mom and dad just for the genetics. Uh, I don't really know what that means, but um, yeah, of right. course, thankful to to my wife who allows me to shut the door and rant about random things in here and so yeah it's 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 been, it's a good life i i have very little to complain about i tend to but i find very i have very little to actually complain about all right cool uh i'm assuming going to the manson family household i don't know we might be going to uh mrs manson's family's Household. Oh, that's something to be thankful for. Uh, we did it last year for uh, for Thanksgiving as well. And usually that means I get a smoked turkey out of the deal. So, you know, not not the worst. Not the worst trade-off. I feel like there's lots of food conversation, but you could go back to last November and probably listen to that. And then probably to the November before that and listen to that. Uh, though I, I have an idea that just came to mind. Would would you like to play a, a quick game? Oh, you know how I feel about games, DC. You know how much I love games. I, we're gonna take we're gonna take a page out of the podcast All Fantasy Everything, which is my newest podcast uh, that I'm currently kind of trying to make my way through. Uh, I propose we fantasy draft the Thanksgiving table. We go back and forth, each picking things. If I take something, you can't have it. And then we, you know, we go four or five rounds just to see. Oh, okay. You can, you can say no, and we can, you know, talk about something else. Um, like the Grinch movie. Have you seen the Grinch movie? Is the Grinch movie out? I th- believe so. I think my. Well, my I hair- have not seen it. Have you seen it? My hair cutter was just talking about going to see it with her children. I have not, but uh, I would like to. And I I also believe usually we see a movie on Thanksgiving night. I believe Fantastic Beasts will be on the agenda up in the Great North Woods. 
Scott Mosier, however, uh, involved with the Grinch production. I so. believe he – did he direct it? I think he won – I want to say he either directed it or was like the executive producer. Or- I think he may have actually directed, yeah. So Yeah. And, and it's got a lot of positive reviews, so I'm happy for uh, Scott Mosier of Smodcast fame. And honestly can't possibly be – Worse than the Jim Carrey abomination. So. I really, I felt bad because I was like, Jim Carrey is the Grinch. Mike Myers is the Cat in the Hat. This this should be good. There should be good things out of this, and there were not. No, there was not. All right. Well, then all we're right. Dr- well, I draft Turkey. Okay. It, your first pick is Turkey. Uh, I will draft Stuffing. All right. Uh, I will take gravy. I'm tempted to take mashed potatoes, even though I don't like them, just to keep them off the board from you. But I will take a chocolate cream pie. I will take um, a sweet potato casserole. So does that mean I get all the ingredients there and you can't have any of them? No, it means I can't have I can't have a sweet potato casserole. If I, if I happen to enjoy a yam, a yam is a sweet potato, right? It's just the same name. Uh, I feel like they're different somehow, but don't ask me how. Okay. Um, I will take, uh, cranberry sauce in a can, please. Ooh, now you're cutting me deep. (laughs) All right. Um, let's see. So I've got turkey, sweet potatoes. I've got gravy. gravy. And I have Uh, stuffing, chocolate cream pie, and cranberry sauce. Yeah, I mean, you don't even have a protein. I might go vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Once turkey's off the board, like, I, I could go with, you know, some alternatives. I had a kid tell me today that at his Thanksgiving, they have lasagna and roast beef, and that's it. And I was like, okay. That's so a if you have stuffing, does that mean I can take dressing? I would say no, because it's essentially the same thing, with the exception of one is presumably stuffed into the bird and one is not. But Can I take stovetop? I could take a specific kind of dressing, but then that's like me saying, can I take the dark meat of the bird and you can have the white meat of the bird? I guess, but stovetop, again, I would argue is different enough that because real stuffing is, you know, bread and shit. Stovetop is just... What is it then? <laughs> boxed crap. <laughs> but you know, I would maybe I used take to make it. I used to make a box of stuffing and pour a can of corn into it and think it was the greatest meal in the world. Mm. Yeah, I do need a vegetable to go alongside my sweet potato casserole, like something more traditional. So I guess I'll go with peas. I will take peas. Okay. Another good protein source. Um, let's see, I've got stuffing. Cranberry sauce, chocolate cream pie. I will draft dinner rolls. Ooh, dinner rolls. All right. Um, well, I hope you like them dry because I'm taking the butter. Oh. Oh. Ouch. I'll put the cranberry sauce on it. I'll make my little Thanksgiving sandwich stuffing <laughs> and cranberry and a little bit of chocolate cream. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. I am going to draft whipped cream. Ooh. All right. Uh, I will we'll go ahead and take... the chocolate take... cream pie doesn't have it. What's that? I'm going to presume the chocolate cream pie doesn't have whipped cream. Yeah, I'm going to say that, yeah, that has to go separate. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take, the, to go on to my dessert phase here, 
I think I will take a pecan pie. I'm I, I should have a vegetable. I will go ahead and this is a this is a I'm I'm going now with more Matthew's family favorites. Um there were many Thanksgivings where there were green beans sauteed in olive oil and garlic, and so Ooh. those will now be coming with me. That's a good one. All right. Um Hmm. I guess I'm I will shocked take you're leaving something on I'm shocked there is something still on the board that you haven't taken yet. But maybe that's a, maybe that's a ploy because you know I'm not going to take it. So anything pumpkin you can just keep and wait. Oh, are you talking about pumpkin pie? Yes. Yeah, no, I'd rather have the pecan pie. Oh, um, of course. And at this but... point I'm not allowed to have a pumpkin pie, so that's uh... It is one of the crimes against humanity that you prove uh-huh. to be allergic to pumpkin. Yes, I agree. Um, but since that's not on the table, I will go ahead and take red wine. Very good. The Should I pick alcohol. something specific like a Merlot? Or? No, that's fine. I wasn't planning on drafting alcohol. Although if I did, I it would be Mike's Hard Lemonade, which is the alcoholic drink of choice. Uh <laughs> <laughs> where I'm from. I- I'm going to go ahead and take a corn casserole that my mom made because it was like a creamed corn with like a Ritz cracker crust okay. because I didn't I didn't like vegetables. And you that have was the only- stuffing, <laughs> rolls, and corn. Did you actually take mashed potatoes? I don't think you did. I don't like mashed potatoes, so no. But even still, even without I'd like mashed to point potatoes. Out, this, is, this is why... This, You're this all is, starch, man. This is, this is stuffing and rolls and corn. This is why your triglycerides have issues. You're 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 very accurate. Let's cut down on the carbs, DC. Okay. I want to make it to a thousand episodes. Come on. Oh, I, I like that goal. Okay. All right. We got to finish the list at some point. The real list or the list of Thanksgiving dinner. No, I was going to go with the actual podcast. So, I mean, did I win the Thanksgiving dinner list? I think I did. Once you draft turkey first, it's kind of difficult to. I'm happy with my. You could have gone for like a nice goose or, you know, a ham. Some some guinea fowl. Yeah. I could have. I'm happy with mine. I just I figured it would give us a chance to talk about Thanksgiving foods without just sitting and being like, oh, do you like Cornish hen? Perhaps. There you go. No. All right, duck, Rehabs. quail. Mm, I do like some duck. Duck is good. I really like duck. I will occasionally splurge and buy a duck breast from the grocery store Ooh. and sear it in a pan. Get that skin nice and crispy. It's quite. I've never done that myself, but that sounds. It's delicious. expensive. It's like fifteen, yeah. sixteen dollars for a like what, wow. what is essentially a single chicken breast. So you got to want it, but it's delicious. Quite good. Yep. Yep, yep. That would be nice to do. Have you ever had turducken? I'm sure we've had this conversation, but I have not had turducken, which uh, is, is is a chicken in a duck, a duck in a inside a turkey. Turkey. I feel like if we can find a way to get some turducken, that is something we need to eat on the air. Because <laughs> well, let's there's... just go to John Madden's house. I hear he eats them <laughs> every year. So there's like there's like a stuffingish, almost like a duck cell of mushrooms, like a beef Wellington, in between mm. each bird. 
All right. I mean, so. that sounds. I don't like mushrooms that much, but I think the flavor of such a, a filling would would be uh, would be quite good. So, all right. Well, that is that is Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you know. Again, we will probably record before. Oh, Mrs. Manson, thirteen minutes ago, taking recommendations of things for DC Matthews to see and do around the city of Boston over the next few days, so he doesn't sit in a coffee shop all day and go. I'd like to point out that I I could be in a coffee shop or in a hotel room. I think more likely you would just be in the hotel room. I don't know where she got this crazy idea that you would go to a coffee shop. I might. Frankly, I think if I you got to a coffee shop, that, again, for you, sort of counts as sightseeing. So if you happen down to Diesel... Uh, uh, I'm getting my... I'm getting my head of myself here, but if you happen down to Davis Square, not far from where the Boston Burger, Burger Company is, within walking distance, you pull it up by Google Maps, there used to be a coffee shop called Diesel. I'm not sure if it's still there or not, but it was you know, a little uh, privately owned small business, excellent coffee. Uh, they, they used to make this, uh, this, this brownie that had mint across the top of it, quite tasty. I would highly recommend it, although for something tells me they may not be there anymore. Hmm. But uh, it would be a crime if they're not, because I did now, enjoy now it. here's a question. You grew up in a rural area. You currently live in a rural area. But Mrs. Manson spent some time in Boston. Oh, and she speak, – speak of her, and she appears. Yep. Mrs. Manson, let her know we're talking about Boston. We're talking about you, and we're talking about Boston. Just so did you she know. En- did she enjoy living um, in I Boston? Let's get her on the air. Did she enjoy medication? What do you mean? In the form of this beverage. I don't understand. <laughs> the besties have requested that I bring you a beverage. Okay. The besties have requested a beverage. Well, it's hot chocolate, so thanks, Glenn. Thanks, besties. Who else was it? Pav? <laughs> do I have Pav to thank for this. Uh, this is a dangerous game that Bessie's are now yeah, just making demands on things for her to do. Whatever. As long as <laughs> I get something delight- delightful to eat out of it, I'm fine I'm going to come in one day and we're going to be podcasting and all of a sudden you're going to hatch it through the head. And she's like, they told me to do it. I don't think that's <laughs> likely, but you never know. Uh, no, did she no, enjoy no, living no, in Boston? Either. Did you enjoy living in Boston? Speak, I did. Speak into the mic. <laughs> I, liked so it a, low. I liked it a lot. It was lots of fun. There was always something to do, and we had a lot of fun. So my question to you both is, would you ever consider moving back? Would to- you consider moving back? <laughs> if I had a job. <laughs> well, that's the presumption, that you both could go get jobs there. I mean, yeah, if we both had jobs there, sure, I, I guess so, maybe. At this point in our lives, I think it would be a difficult transition for Oscar uh, I'm not sure how he would feel about pooping on a sidewalk instead of a nice lawn. So I think he would maybe have some difficulty with that. But I don't know. At this point, it doesn't seem like we're planning on a family or kids or anything. If I was planning on that, I think I would probably be thinking more staying in a rural community like this. But if it was just the two of us. I don't know. I don't have anything against the city per se. There's always something to do there. My first wiener dog love was my roommate's dog when I lived in Boston. And that dog was deathly terrified of all things city life. He was he was terrified. He came to stay with us for a weekend. You could get a little patch of grass and just walk around and every time Oscar needed to go to the bathroom, just set it down. Oh, nope, we're still there. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Um he'd be amazed. I don't know if he would necessarily just just go on a, a little patch of grass. I, I I think he'd want to hunt around a bit more, so Is he particular about where he he, he poops? Um he does have some favorite spots. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, the best part of this is that she can't hear what I'm saying. I think I she can hear a little I, bit. Yeah, a little bit. But I oh. also have a crying dog downstairs. Okay. Then Look go, at how go. low you are on the microphone. You're talking right into it. But even when you're, even when you're like practically <laughs> on top of it, like you're barely going to even register on this thing. That's uh, awkward and uncomfortable. Uh, if you say so, I don't find it uncomfortable at all. <laughs> I would hope not. You're married to her. Yeah. Well. Get out of here, kid. Bye. Enjoy your drink. Thank you for the drink. Oh, we have such good fans. I love our besties. I think it's uh, poisoned. I, I may be going to a coffee shop, and it is entirely possible that Chip will also be there. Oh, good. When you see him, throw him through a table for me. <laughs> I will pass that message along. Usually, Chip can throw himself through a table. You don't need to help. That's he just, true. He just, that's true. He just I guess takes that's really more what I meant. He's posted pictures, I swear. He, looks, he's, he has to be related to Luke Harper in some way. He looks like his kid. But that's I, – I digest. All right. Um, should we go to our emails? Do you have anything else you would like to, to talk about? Um, before we get too far, Stanley – Dead. Has <laughs> – That's correct. I was going to say has passed away, but Stanley – 95 and dead. You know what? Big bucket of wins. When you're 95 – I was I was talking again to my to my hair cutter and she was saying, uh, "Your you know, hair I, cutter, my hairdresser, hairstylist. What do you call it? We go to the same place. What do you call the person?" Um, let's just say what it is, stylist. <laughs> yeah, but I'm there's not a lot of style. She keeps ask, She keeps hoping I have some grand plan for what I'd like to do, and I'm like, "See this? Keep it like this, but make it shorter." And she's like, "Do you want it shorter on the sides? Do you want it shorter in the back?" And I was like, "No." All uniform, please. <laughs> maybe a to, little. You need to do something. You need to. Maybe a little longer on the top to cover up the massive baldness. But no, you, you don't know. want to cover up the baldness. That's. I want to celebrate it. I want to fry or tuck it. I don't know if you want to fry or tuck it, but there's got to be some sort of. Well, maybe not. I was going to say because I mean men have had decades, hundreds of years, really, to try to figure this out. But I was going to say I could, be I could pull sort. a. I could pull a Luke Harper, grow it super long, and man bun it. Yeah, to cover the bald spot. You might look all right with a man bun. Why? Thank you. I it, it has grown longer. In my earlier days, I used to grow it longer, and I I did wonder if I could grow it long enough to actually pull it back. I'm a day style. Yeah. What do you have your hair stylist to do? Um, pretty much the longest uh, buzz that you can do on the uh, mechanical trimmers there, and that's that. Yeah, it's not. It's nothing fancy. No, I don't know. Yes. I don't know. I always have these grand aspirations, and I'm gonna be like, "All right, let's do it." What? I don't know, but I trust you. Make me stylish. But I don't think she's that creative. I think she's just like, and this is no, this is not against anything against her. But I think she's just like, yeah, whatever. You, you you know what you like, what you're comfortable with. 
Well, and again, we both keep our hair, at least now, relatively short. There's very few options, unless you would like to shave a pattern into the side. Shave the DDT Wrestling logo in. Yeah. But, no, I don't know. I've I've, I've thought about growing it out and pompadouring it up or something. What's the longest it's ever been? Shoulder length. High school. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember you having super... Super long hair. Yeah, I don't know. It was longer than most, I think, because it definitely was like uniform sort of shoulder length for a little bit. But, um, yeah, not a good look. So, does your brother have super long hair now? Just no. I, okay, he I should. Guess I, I sometimes have visions of him with like you know like hair like he's a bass player in like a screamcore band or something, and it's just like hangs down to his nipples. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Stanley. Dead. You know. <laughs> that's that's the title of this show. Stanley dot 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 all caps dead. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's sad, but at the same time, people who are like, my heart is broken today. Like all the all the the crying and mastication happening on Twitter. Like I just gnashing of the teeth. I just I was just like, what is happening on Twitter? Oh, mastication. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I, I'm i sorry. The, the dude the was, was great, but he was 95. Like, yeah. you can't be surprised, and your heart can't be wrenched. You didn't know him personally. He no. was an old dude. You knew this was coming. Like, sooner or later, it happens to us all. I am grateful for the, the impact he had on pop culture. And, you know, because I wasn't a huge comic nerd. I wasn't going to the comic store every week and picking up the latest issues. I was somewhat familiar with them. I knew them more for the Denonet, like the X Men TV show with the greatest theme ever, and uh, the movies and such. And I'm reading some comics now. So I'm grateful for them because there is, I think, a connection between comic books and professional wrestling. Uh, but at the same time, you know. The thing I, that I, I like about Stanley is. And I mean, at least so far, we'll see what awful, terrible stories come out now. But it just seems like dude legit was a good dude. And, uh, you know, that's refreshing, especially for somebody with so much influence, power, money, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard some stories that paint him in a, in a light that's not totally good, dude. Yeah, but I think I've heard more, some, but nothing. I think I think more than he was more of a good dude than he was not a good dude. Seems like it anyways. So, um, and certainly yes. later in life. I think most of the less good dude stuff was earlier. True, true. And he kind of, yeah, he did kind of become uh, kind of a, an icon just in, you know, all of the cameos and such. I love the and- fact that he was willing, and this might be going because he went through a phase in which Marvel cut him out and he wasn't getting yep. royalty rights, but he was at a relatively early old age, willing to poke fun at himself and his creations. He has a, a small but rather substantial role in Kevin Smith's film Mallrats, and his just willingness to talk about the genitalia of his own creations in that film, again, that's we're talking now early 90s, mid-90s. Aren't they, pon- aren't they pondering Mr. Fantastic's I think genitalia? Mr. Fantastic possibly some others as well but yeah i just you know just again his willingness to be on camera embracing those topics like again it could have been he needed a paycheck at that time but it always seemed to me like he was relevant he got it he understood and he was willing to embrace where the fandom was this is an awkward 
question I'm about to ask. Okay. But I, I think it's worth discussing. Which superhero do you believe would be the best in bed? Not for you specifically, but just in general. Because, well, like, you know, Superman, there's a lot of risk involved there. I don't think he'd be the one I'd go for. I don't think he could unless you were going to die. That's what I'm saying. Like, and again, like, Colossus? No, uh, I think Mr. Fantastic is not a bad choice, and I'll tell you why. One, he can be anything he wants. So, you know... I'm so glad I asked this question. I I really debated. I was like, do I want to go here? Yeah, sure, let's go here. And I'm so glad we went here. It's not just about size or thickness or... Shape, right. I mean, he's literally anything that you want, any day of the week. Like, it can be big, it can be small, it can be micro. He can literally, he could literally, he could literally insert, and then his member could simply expand to fill every space and crevice within you. He could literally fill you in a way that no other, nothing else could he literally could fill could fill every sp- and and hey let's not just talk about dicks here mr fantastic he's got the control he could have a <laughs> vagina he he could turn that thing inside out you want to play I for the love, other team i love that in the reflection of the ghostbusters poster i know that mrs manson is nearby <laughs> and she was she here opened for this. the door she looked at me she went what Closed the door and left. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's the greatest day ever. I'm just saying, and not only that, but on top of just the physical powers there, I think that Reed Richards would be a sensitive lover. I think he'd be very in tune. I think he would be very caring. Mm-hmm. I feel like he would want to make very sure you were enjoying. I think he's a. I think what I'm. I think he'd be a very giving lover. Is what I'm saying. Very creative. Yeah, creativity is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, I think there's a lot to like about about Reed Richards. He could invent things to add to the experience. Yeah. You know, Tony Stark, now nah, he's and got And he's willing demons. to swing. I mean, you know, his wife is you know, pretty... Well, and I was going to make the case for that because, you know, invisibility has its advantages and various reasons. So... Like? I, I, you know... Some some people add sensory deprivation to the bedroom. What I'm saying is, you don't need to with her. She's just she's just got it right there. Just saying. If you were to <laughs> disrobe and engage, right now? well, no. But if you were to engage in intercourse with Sue Storm, Storm. But yeah. isn't her name, is she really Sue Richards? Sue Storm hyphen Richards. Hyphen Richards. If you were to engage in intercourse with Sue Storm Richards, um, upon insertion... It's like the invisible jet. My question is, would your penis cease to be visible? Or would you so. see it th- well, as though it was going into nothing? I think... I feel like it might disappear. At, I think it might, because in the comics, it's not like... You Light know, is bending around her. Yeah. I think, I'm think i pretty sure that like in the comics, if you put your hand 
around her, you don't still see your hand. She's not she's not transparent. She's just not she's bending light. So I think if you put your hand around her, though, I think you would still see your hand because she's invisible. You can see through her. Can't you? I would. I suppose so. Otherwise, you're just seeing some sort of invisible so, object. I think there's a difference, though, between being on the other side of her and being inside of her. Yeah, that's what I'm pondering. I think there's a case that you that would you just look down it. and it'll just be Kendall, like flat. Well, that's true. Or there's a case that you look down and you see everything, that would just be awkward. If you were to finish inside of her... This is the most explicit we've ever been. (laughs) But like 10 minutes ago, I was like, oh man, we're running out of things to talk about. Now I'm like, this is the greatest show we've ever done. (laughs) Anyways, um, so Thanksgiving and um, Black Friday... Any sales that you're looking for, or or were we not now done looking, talking about Stanley? Now I'm looking for a Sue Storm Richards doll. But <laughs> Gross. Um, but yeah, thanks, Stanley, for all the memories. Uh, we have emails. Uh, you can send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You could send an email that says, please, for the love of God, never talk about that again. Or you could send an email and give us your picks. For the best member of the Marble Universe uh, in the boudoir. Um, oh, Ryan is suggesting I go to the Parker House Hotel, the birthplace of Boston cream pie. Not a bad idea. Speaking Ryan. of Sue Storm. Boston cream pie. Parker House. Invisible. Moving on. It, is there a reference that I'm missing? No, DC. I'm not on Urban Dictionary. Should I be? Should You're I be good. Something You're up? good. Let's just. Um, would you like to read the one from Barrister John Egoman? I'll leave it to you. Hello, friend. My name is Mr. Juan Richard. I have business proposal. For more details, if you are interesting, I am waiting for your urgent response private email. My regards to you and your family, and God bless, Mr. Juan Richard Esquire. Well, uh, Juan Richard, even though it says Barrister John Egoma underscore 5554, um, please respond back and tell us about your business proposal. I like how the entire body of this email is in the subject line. (laughs) And I also like that the email address in the subject line is not the email address from which this message came. I also like the fact that Mr. Juan Richard is apparently from Japan, given the origin of this uh, email address. Hey, you know what? There can be Juans in Japan. I, I'm just saying, there's a it's a mixture of things contributing to my enjoyment. Uh, this next right. one comes in uh, from Christmas Satan himself, Mitchell Monroe. <laughs> the subject is other podcasts? Question mark. 
Last week, you all asked for suggestions on other podcasts to listen to. At the time, I had no real suggestions. That's the end of the email. Weird. <laughs> As my biggest podcast phase was really post-college slash pre-marriage. Where I moved to a new town alone, so I just filled every available second with pro wrestling, including podcasts. Nowadays, I really just listen to y'all and NAI. But between listening to last week's podcast and now, I've actually begun listening to one. Rhett and Link's Ear Biscuits. I was already a big fan of Good Mythical Morning, or at least food-centered episodes, and their podcast is just as good. Two lifelong best friends and longtime professional comedy duo make for amazing chemistry. And the topics range all across the board, but usually deal with something that is at least somewhat general and universally relatable, like the so, Fantastic Four. So here's my question. Should we be talking to Juan Richard Esquire about suing Rhett and Link because they seem to be copying our shtick? We are not lifelong best friends, but we're at the point now where we've almost been friends longer than we've not been friends. Um and everyone knows we are a long-time professional comedy duo. Professional. Clearly. So, why are they stealing our stuff? I, I've seen Rhett and Link on Tabletop, that gaming show. That's the only way I am familiar with it. I don't know who they are. All Maybe right. I'll check out Ear Biscuits, though. Maybe. Anyway, I'll leave you with a question. If DDT ever grew to hundreds or even thousands of listeners how would you handle emails pick the best ones try to read them all cancel the segment immortalize longtime besties as exclusive emailers and part of the show or something else altogether no that's sign off mitchell no sign off that's a good question um we've gotten to a baker's dozen i tell you what i would do I would open up a P.O. box, and if you want to send us a message, you would have to send us a postcard, a physical postcard with your message upon it to be read. What if they send a letter? No? Doesn't count? Oh, no. Got to be a postcard. Needs to fit on a postcard, Pav. <laughs> uh, now I really wish that would happen, because that would be great. Hey, if we get enough patrons uh, on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling... We I will consider a, getting a P.O. box. We should set that as a goal. <laughs> we should. I have been meaning, actually, I, I think I do need to Forget go back new audio through, equipment. through the Patreon and actually revise some of the tiers and things. So that's something to look forward to at some point. All right. Well, that's a good question. Yeah, I think we would have to change it up. I would love to think that if we were getting 20 to 25 emails a week, that we would just have a separate email show. But I know us. And that we would answer, we would say, all right, time for emails. And we'd answer three and we'd just go through them. So eventually, like, we'd be answering an email from this week in 2021. If we were able to have enough listeners where, like, we had ad revenue or there was enough money from Patreon where, like, we were able to start, like, a business and we could hire, like, you know, an intern or something, one of their jobs, I think, would be to sort through the emails to find things that were suitable for the show. 
That's okay. getting crazy. If we, you know, hundreds I'm, of emails. Coming I'm just our saying. Ways. I'm just saying, people. If if you want us to do more things like demand postcards or hire, just imagine what would happen if we had an intern. Uh, <laughs> oh, gotta I give us some, so much more hot cocoa. <laughs> you you got to send us some shekels, Danielle. Uh, I got this one. Yeah, Danielle's uh, Sullivan's email. Another lengthy email. Another lengthy story. Hello. Fair warning. This is now the lengthiest email I have ever sent. All opinions do not reflect either company. To answer the eggnog latte question won't be 100% accurate since I am no longer a partner at Starbucks. (gasps) Or a partner Starbucks. I didn't think she was ever herself a Starbucks. My best guess is that the eggnog powder will be steamed into the milk like it always has been. Some people in the past have made eggnog latte in batches with standard or non-fat milk. One of the stories I was told when I started, but maybe HQ has made modifications. Weird. Now, I feel like when I was there watching them make an eggnog latte, this was a couple years ago probably, like they literally took the drink eggnog and used it as the milk, I thought. But perhaps that recipe is not how they make it anymore. It seems like that would make sense though. Mm. Now to the story. For starters, I left Starbucks and Barnes & Noble in October. I did not know that. I did not leave either place on the best of terms. September was not the best month for my mental health. While my 8-10 to month run was a learning experience, I started to burn out from spending so many years working in the food and retail business. I've been told through both places that I am too nice for food or retail. (laughs) So hence why I moved my niceness to a pre-K classroom. I think that's a good choice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think everyone should have some food or retail experience, and then they should get out. Again, find your happy rang true in October when I realized I was now free from retail. I may not be making as much as I was. I am just happy to start working on being more content and happier. This transition from retail to teaching was needed for my own personal health and goal setting. Find Your Happy is not just for wrestling, it's for everything. Life. Fun fact. I did get stopped by Gustavo in August. Uh, Do we know who Gustavo is? No? No? Okay. Pavel, tell us. He's got a good memory. I filled out a survey about what it is like working at Starbucks. I filled this out, among other baristas, before I left. On the other hand, I still have yet to be paid my $50 Amazon gift card I was going to get for participating in the discussion. The largest coffee chain in the U.S., the issues I had with them were with the atmosphere with the workers and certain missions they claimed but did not 100% commit to. True, I walked into the job hoping I could enact change within the shop I worked for, but after a while, my environmentalism efforts were met with resistance. Uh, I'm going to pause her email for a question for you, Doc Manson. Should you go into every job trying to enact change? Yes. I disagree. And I know you do too. I think there are certain jobs that you're just going to... to... I think it's good to be optimistic, idealistic. I think it's good to go in with a desire um, to enact change. But at the same time... Working for a faceless conglomerate like Starbucks, like I know it's it's you shouldn't say one person can't make a difference because you know all changes, 
ultimately start with one person. That's what they tell us. I don't know, but I just it just it doesn't feel. I hope they tell us just like that. It's, it just doesn't feel realistic. It, you know what I mean? Like, it, I, I I don't know. I don't know. It it again. I think that's it. Like, you're now in a pre K classroom, Danielle. You will be able to enact more change just because of the nature of the job than you are going to in a place like a Starbucks, in a place like a Barnes Noble, because. You, you might have been able to enact change at that one retail location, but it was going to take a whole lot of work and effort to try to spread that. And if you want to make a difference, if that is truly your goal, you can find better ways to do it. All right. I'm still pretty bitter about the way things turned out, but compared to where I am at now, I've been able to cope with life better. The positivity I can take away from working at Starbucks is that my anxiety was the worst during those workdays, especially those first four months. Since then, anxiety isn't a major problem like before. The positivity I can take away from Barnes & Noble is that all the friends I met and books I got to add to my reading list along the way. Question. What are some experiences you've had in the past that has led to a more positive outlook on your life and situation? Cheers, Danielle. Hmm. So, Doc, as the most positive person I know, (laughs) uh, do you have one? What? An experience that has led to a more positive outlook on your life and your situation. I mean, everybody has them, I think. Like, you can point probably to getting your last job as probably being a moment where life is now better than it was before, right? For most most of the time. That's not necessarily universally true. Um, well, but I think it would be in your case. You worked so hard for the PhD, and then I don't believe it is a secret that you spent some time not working. True, true. After getting the PhD. So getting a job was probably a very nice thing because you were able to then buy Manson Manor and, you know, carve yourself out a lovely little suburban life. Yeah. Unsubscribe from the WWE Network. You know, it's really led to a lot of uh, a lot of great things for me. It might. Hey, canceling the WWE Network definitely uh, increased the positivity of my outlook. That's for sure. I'm not feeling tied down to that awful wrestling product. No, I I don't know. Um, But yes, no, seriously, yes. Getting the job and, you know, having a bit more financial freedom in some ways. um, You know, that's always a positive thing. That's that. That is it. You know. As much as I enjoyed some of the experiences of college, I spent most of it broke, as many of us do. And so being able to have a job and be like, okay, that I worked for that, and that has led to this, and now I can do things is pretty nice. So, um, But also, let's see. This podcast? I, I'm not kidding, truthfully. And part of it is... Part of it is that it gives us a creative outlook. Yes, it does. Part of it is I get to to spend time talking to you. And truthfully, part of it is if we're, if we're going to get legit reels here, um, part of it is, as you, as you said, both of us are the same age with no children. Yep. And I can't count many people in my life that are like that. That's true. So being able to have a friend that I can say, okay, he's here. I'm here. This is our baby. DDT is our baby. <laughs> I don't know about that. But uh, yeah, I know it gives us something else to focus on and do and pour our creativity into, as you said. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
It certainly, I think, <laughs> saved our friendship. I don't necessarily know that we would talk at all if we hadn't started the show years ago at this point. There was a lo- there was a long time where after we stopped living together, we would go six to eight, if not more, months. It's like I told you. Us. I think I told you last week. I have not spoken to the tall fellow, I think, since January of this year. Yeah, it's been since probably July for me. I don't know what's wrong with I, me. It's just the I, way I, I am. Myself, I don't. I said to myself last week I should text him, and then did I? No. Me too. I was like, I should just send him a text out of the blue and say, "Hey, you want to go out for drinks or something?" Not that I would have a beer, but I could get a, a water or something, you know. But then I didn't. What's wrong with me? I don't know. I don't know. All right. But yeah, uh, that's but the other yeah. thing that I just wanted to touch upon too. So I saw some people online. I guess I must have mentioned social anxiety last week. Uh, in some way and you know Danielle here talking about her anxiety and you know I I, uh, I don't know I think I've talked about it a little bit on the show before but you know this last few years I've struggled more so with uh, anxiety generalized anxiety disorder is what my diagnosis is and um, you know I think I think you know getting um, medication for that and trying to understand uh, what that is and how it affects my behavior and my outlook, I think ultimately has been a very positive thing for me. Um, you know, beginning to more understand why I react and think about things the way that I, I do. Um, mm-hmm. Having that understanding and ability to self-reflect, I think, is, is very helpful. Um, I, th- I honestly, honestly probably credit mostly the medication. <laughs> Uh, surprise, surprise. But, you know, it also got me into um, meditation to some degree. Uh, mindfulness is something that I still try to practice on a daily basis. And mindfulness really is just a fancy way of saying meditation just without any sort of necessarily spiritual um, connections. It's just, mm-hmm. you know straightforward something that a scientist like myself can understand and you know i think i honestly think that's a good practice being able to sit down with your thoughts and your your body and just sort of recognize where you are right now and trying to just in the moment you know i i think there's something to it um i don't necessarily i don't think it's anything special i don't think it's magical i don't think it you know solves i'm not trying to be here hawking it like some sort of Buddhist guru or something because that's not what it is it's just a tool like anything else but I do find I think that that was very helpful uh to me and I would say Mm -hmm. anybody who's out there suffering from anxiety uh you know I I would recommend looking into mindfulness and and one way and one place that I would recommend starting just as a, a specific um thing to point to you can go on to Amazon and there's a book um written by Dan Reichert. Dan Reichert is a uh, he is a he's a longtime video game uh, celebrity sort of. He wrote for a long time for Game Informer, which was the outlet magazine owned by uh, GameStop. And uh, then after that he moved on to giantbomb.com. And anyways, uh, he wrote a book called Anxiety as an Ally and it talks a lot about his personal experiences with anxiety. You know, how he first realized he suffered from anxiety and, you know, his sort of discovery in terms of for him, it was exercise as well as mindfulness and just sort of talking about 
in the context of his own life, only in the very last part of the book does he spend any time sort of talking about what mindfulness is and how you might do it. Um, so it's really more just him sharing his story. And in some ways, it's for me, it was also very helpful to know that I'm not the only person feeling this way. And um, I don't know. I just, again, as long as we're getting really real here on the show, uh, I thought yeah. maybe I'd share some of that. I don't know. Well, I, I really appreciated it because I, now my memory is terrible, but I don't know if you've ever mentioned to me that you actually have a diagnosis. Oh, um, and and I mean, they give you I, a diagnosis knew, when they give you meds, right? So yeah, sure. But I I knew there was stuff up, and I have noticed a a change in you that I would call a net positive. Ah, because because while you are still in many ways the nope of negativity, you are not the same as you were before. Like the nope of negativity applied to everything. It was not just <laughs> a podcast character. It was just life um and i like to think some of that is just growing older too but i feel like i'm way less negative now than i was 15 years ago 15 years ago you were going to school and trying to get your phd and wondering what in the world you were doing and now you're in a mansion and you know having having your wife bring you hot chocolate and having a dog running around and yipping at you so yes i would i would say that too but you know you mentioned medication and i I do as a teacher i see kids who are struggling not necessarily with anxiety anxiety but certainly with attention and medication can be wonderful so there's there's a time and a place for that there's a time and a place for uh mindfulness and danielle as you said there is a time and a place for finding your happy as much as i would love to win 1.5 1.5 billion dollars in the mega millions jackpot. I understand that that is not necessarily going to improve the quality of my life. So, you know, money is not everything despite the fact that we all want it. <laughs> all right. Uh thank you for that email. Danielle's emails I love because they are so they do cause us to be a little more real and I think that is one of the reasons I've enjoyed the last few weeks of this show is because we, we are being more real. Uh, and we'll certainly be real with uh, Jeremy's email, which is subject line, Dear DC and Edgelord. <laughs> Wait, I did you skip past Nate? Wait, did I? No, Jeremy. Oh, I'm sorry. You must have clicked on to Jeremy. I did. That's the problem okay. is we both wind up clicking on it. I, um, I need some advice. My dilemma. On December 3rd, I could take a half day off of work, find transportation for my youngest child home from school, and my oldest both to and from dance class, arrange child care for both, drive minimum of two and a half hours, but likely over three hours due to rush hour traffic and construction situations, spend at the bare bones minimum about $125 for a ticket, parking, and food, then drive the same distance home, which would not get me in my bed until about 2 a.m. before needing to be up in mere hours to go to work the next day, all to be in the crowd for Raw on December 3rd. Or stay home. I've never attended a Raw or SmackDown, but sometimes that show isn't worth much more than one or two good segments. What should I do? Sent from a Google machine. You're asking an interesting pair of people that question because I can't speak for Doc Manson, but I, when faced with any sort of decision... Do I do X or do I stay home? Will almost always pick to stay home. Unless it's, you know, go to Manson Manor at 4 a.m. to watch a UK pay-per-view. Yeah, it's usually stay home. 
Australia. Whatever. UK, (laughs) Australia, same same thing. thing. They're both islands. Yeah. Um, Drop bears. But but yeah, though there are certain things that will get me up and out. But um, I will say, all of that sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. It sounds far. Minimum one hundred twenty-five dollars for a ticket. There's got to be a cheaper ticket. Is all I'm saying. Well, but transportation, food. I yeah, think is I guess it could add up. So I don't know. And the parking. I guess my my my. <sighs> it's so hard because I not knowing where people live or what this. I just it's hard for me to believe. And it probably is the case, but it's hard for me to believe that this is the absolute closest they will ever be to you. I but believe this is a Jeremy's big country, in Texas. So, yeah, I, I've been to a SmackDown. I don't know if I've ever been to a Raw. I'm not sure that. Now, granted, had you gone to SmackDown this week, you would have seen a title change and all sorts of yeah. craziness. I will but say, I'm, I think the the live experience is worth doing. Um, mm-hmm. it's certainly at least once if you've never done it and you're a wrestling fan, I would go. I've seen pictures Jeremy's posted of live events. Like he's gone to live wrestling. Oh, okay. Before. Okay. I think this is, and, and he's saying it like he's, maybe he's even been to a pay-per-view. That's what I would do. I would wait. If you're going to do all of this effort, if it's going to require uh childcare, if it's going to require a half day of work, wait and go to see. A pay-per-view go to you know whether it's wrestlemania i know tickets are on sale whether you want to save and splurge on a wrestlemania package or just try to go see something else that to me i think would be more worth it but yeah but i mean not necessarily to jeremy's question then but to anyone else out there if you ever get the opportunity to go see pro wrestling live i would recommend it he does i mean jeremy brings up a good point that sometimes the show isn't much more than one or two good segments, but I'll tell you, I don't know if DC, if you if you uh, agree with this, but I feel like whenever I go to a live show, it doesn't matter. There's something about being in the crowd, seeing those mm-hmm. performers live, especially if you've never seen them before. Um, you're much more forgiving of things. I think you get sort of lost in the crowd and the moment and the adrenaline and the and, and the entrances and the excitement of, of seeing these people live. And I, I don't feel like I would sit there. I, I don't have any bad memories of the shows I attended live. I feel like, I mean, sure, if I were to go back and watch them later, I'd be like, Heidenreich, what? But at the time, I was super psyched for Heidenreich. To be bushwhackering his way to the ring, uh, you know what I mean. And I don't know. Like, if I just think, I just think that there's something about the experience of being there that it doesn't matter if the show is really good or not. Um, I, I think I think that's still greatly enjoyable. The thing is, is you. A lot of times you forget that it's TV. Sure. Like because first you're gonna get. Usually, whether it's main event or 205 Live, so you're going to get some wrestling to kind of warm up the crowd. And then you're in it, you know, maybe you're waiting around like those times where like Dolph Ziggler comes out before the commercial and then he's just standing there for three minutes until the commercial's over. That's part's a little awkward. But, you know, you you get into it. The crowd has a mind of its own and maybe there's beach balls and maybe there's chanting and maybe JBL's music plays and you're the only person in your section that's celebrating because JBL is a wrestling god. But it's fun. Like, I, I did enjoy it, but yeah. I also enjoy staying home. <laughs> uh, so my advice, Jeremy, would be to wait for something different. But again, depending on where you live, if this is the best you're going to get, maybe it's worth it. 
Sounds like a lot of work, though. Our next email comes from Nate, and it's weekly topics and questions. Hello, Doc in DC. It's been a while. Been a while. How have you guys been? Still loving life and finding your happy, I hope. A few questions for this week. One, Doc, do you have any good horror movie recommendations for me? What's your favorite of all time? I feel like... Well, no. I, I suppose we, we spent a lot of the last month talking about horror movies, so I would encourage you, Nate, if for some reason you don't listen weekly, which is totally fine, uh, to go back and listen to all of the podcasts from Shocktober because horror movies show up. But I'm more interested in the last question. Doc, what is your favorite horror movie of all time? Well, see, that's difficult to answer. Um, I mean, I know what the answer is. The answer is The Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. However, it's not a straight horror movie. It's a horror comedy. And the reason why I would pick it as my favorite of all time is because I think in terms of being a horror comedy, it walks the manic line between those genres as perfectly as any piece of cinema could ever hope to. I think it's it, it sort of rises above what it is because of how perfectly it does it. Um, but again, that's not a pure horror movie. So if you're looking for a pure horror movie, I guess my answer would probably change. And I'm not necessarily 100% sure to what, to be honest. Well, and again... I don't even like horror movies, but I've talked to you long enough to know there's like the slasher films, there's the psychological oh, horror yeah. movies, there's There's a you lot know. of different kinds. I mean, The Exorcist, I think, is fantastic, but just as fantastic. But again, this is something that some people would argue maybe not a horror movie. I think it is. Jaws. Jaws is a fantastic horror movie. Um, I think that Alien, the first Alien movie with Sigourney Weaver, is an excellent, excellent horror movie. Um, some people, again, like to say, well, that's really more sci-fi. Nuh-uh. Go back and watch that first film. It is a damn horror movie. It's claustrophobic. It's dark. It's scary. It's it's very, very much horror. Um, but, but then, like, you know, I love Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger is my boy. Um, I think that whole series is pretty much amazing. Well, there are some entries that aren't that good, but but you know, but as a whole, I love it. Um, sure. So it's very difficult to answer. But in terms mm-hmm. of good horror movie recommendations, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's Halloween, there's Friday the Thirteenth, there's A Nightmare on Elm Street. You've probably seen all of those, right? Or at least you're aware of them. So I'm gonna go a little bit off the beaten path here. I do think that my favorite genre is likely the slasher film. So. Again, a lot of those movies I was just mentioning. Um, in the 80s, early 80s, you know, that was when Friday the 13th was first hitting. There were sequels coming out pretty much every year. There were some sequels to Halloween happening at that time. There are three, what I would consider the three big non-franchise uh, horror slashers from that from that period of time. And I would recommend these three films. They're not part of any ongoing series or franchise, but I think they're excellent and maybe just as good as, as some of those first films from those franchises. Uh, I would recommend the following. I'd recommend The Burning. I would recommend um, The Prowler. And I would recommend My Bloody Valentine. So those are a little lesser known, um, My Bloody Valentine was remade more recently in 3D, and actually that remake is okay too, um, but the original film holds up, so I would recommend that first. 
Um, but yeah, those three films, I think, are all actually quite good and lesser known and definitely little seen. So there you go. There's three to look at. All right. Question number two. What do you both love most about your jobs? It pays Go me. into detail. Money. I, go into detail. I truly find it fascinating and love listening to you guys. Well, we appreciate that. And while we are over an hour and ten, we can go into a little bit of detail. Uh it pays you money. That is truly what I love most about my job is they pay me. I think people who who are younger, and I know Nate's a little younger, and I don't know how much younger, but I think like especially in college, you you have this expectation that you know, you might wind up finding a job that you really love and you get up in the morning and you just can't wait to run out the door and go to work. And maybe some people have that, but the vast majority of people wake up in the morning and think to themselves, I would really love to not have to go. Yep. And <laughs> what does get you up and out the door is the fact that every two weeks or whatever the system is, uh, you get money in your bank account that wasn't there before. Yeah. And for some of you, if you're Doc Manson, it's tens of thousands of dollars every every couple of weeks. It's just uh, for slugs like me, it's like you know seven dollars yeah, and fifty cents, and you're right. like, all right, I can eat. Um, but yeah, you know, I going beyond that. That because I truth be told, that's what I love most about my job as well is the fact that they do that, and and I have the luxury. My other thing is I get paid, and I work. Uh, almost exactly one half of the calendar year. That's awesome. The rest of the time, I don't have to work. So that is is also a huge that I perk love. for you. Yeah, yes. I mean, the thing that I love most about my job, legitimately, is the creativity <laughs> that uh, I am allowed to to employ at times. Um, I'm in charge of editing our our texts. I I can create for some courses anyways, new laboratory exercises, and I've enjoyed learning about new techniques and writing uh, new chapters, you know, certainly writing, you know, uh, introductory and conceptual material on very broad general biological topics, uh, you know, a, a form of technical writing that I would never would do otherwise. But at the same time, like I said, it is very, it may be technical, but it's still very creative in nature because, I am I'm going out there and I'm trying to figure out what would be doable, what it would be cost effective that we would actually be able to afford doing this at this scale, but would still also be fun. And then, you know, now now that I've been doing this for a couple of years, I don't just my first few labs that I wrote were very much procedural. Right. This is the technique. Sure. This is how you do it. This is the thing that you're going to follow. Some of those I'm going to be looking at before too long, but some of my newer labs, um, I, I, I've been able to make it more investigative. You know, write a scenario. Um, you know, cast the the student in a role as an investigator of some kind who is trying to solve this scenario. Make it a little more, at least, uh, mentally engaging in some ways, and I think that's very fun to do as well. Um, so I think that's probably my the actual favorite part of my job in terms of doing it that there, there's an element again of, you know, we, we are both theater nerds and there's an element of the theatrical in just in terms of the writing there. Sure. That, you know, um, I enjoy outside of the obvious ones. Um, I enjoy being able, the things I enjoy most now are 
Um, I tend to get kids with behavior issues and I enjoy that other people find them difficult and I tend to find them endearing (laughs) because maybe it's because I'm a male in a predominantly female field or maybe it's just because I'm as small of a child as most of them. But when I have a kid who's talking about hashtag girl power and just keep saying it, I, I, other people would be like, get him into trouble. And I'm like, you preach it, man. Like you, you just go for it <laughs> right on. Um, that's, I also that's good. enjoy, I also enjoy being able to connect the dots and be like, okay, uh, I'm reading you this book. We're looking at it from a reading perspective here, but we're also trying to borrow some of the, the moves that the author does. So that's writing. And then we're also looking for, um, suffixes because we taught that. And then once we tally all that together, then I'm going to make you count by fives in order to count how many suffixes we used. And so now I'm incorporating math into this 15 minute thing. And, but again, that's creativity. How can I figure out? And it's improvisation because I don't plan a lot of this. It's just. So there, there's a lot of, I think, theater and, and that sort of thing in both of our fields. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Third question. I'm not saying we need to, to, to wrap it up, but we still we got another email that came in while we've been reading this one. <laughs> if you could work for any wrestling promotion, which would you work for and why? The WWE, because I feel like they could pay me <laughs> the best. Yeah, you know, uh, the, it was floating around that they were looking for a writer's assistant, and you know, somebody asked me if that would be a job I would be interested in, and I'm like, if it was 16 years ago and I was 22 years old, yes, it, I would have applied in a second. If I could Skype in to every writer's meeting from my couch, yes, I would still be. I would interested. even. But, oh, yeah. but I'm not interested but in getting to- on a corporate jet and flying from no. city to city to city. <laughs> To only to be berated by Vince McMahon, who's going to rewrite it at the last minute anyways. No, I if they would like to hire us both to do a podcast, uh, you know, now granted, I don't think we do very well because we tend not to follow rules and directions very well. Uh, but if they wanted somebody to just send them something and be like, look, this is what I'm, you know, this is how I think this should go. This is what would make sense. Then that would be great. So. All right, our next email comes from Bosk, and it's called Hello. DC and Doc, really only writing to get an email in. I hope this gets you to a baker's dozen. Oh, let me count. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six. We're at nine, which is pretty good. A baker's dozen! The ending to both WWE shows this week were the best in some time. I hope this means AJ wins the Rumble. Well, I need to get back to work. (laughs) Best to you and yours, Bosk. Send for my Z-phone. Is that like a Z-Pack? I assume so. Uh, let's skip ahead because Bosk forgot a question, so he then chimes in. Sad to hear that Stan Lee died, although 95 years is amazing, and his many, many creations will live on forever. What was your favorite Stan Lee creation? Personally, I liked the original X-Men, always connected with them the most. Best to you and yours, Bosk, sent from my new J-Phone. Hmm. I favorite Stan Lee? I don't. Let's go. Let's go with favorite Marvel character because I'm not going to go chase down what Stan I was going to say. My favorite Marvel character. This predates the movies of because I actually, while I, while I like this character and actor in the movies, I also, I also think it did a pretty big disservice 
to the character as it existed before the movies. Um, I'm actually a pretty big Wolverine fan, and the like. I don't know if that was a Stan Lee creation or not, because it's not the original X-Men, certainly. He wasn't part of the team until he, the revised version came, in the 90s. He first started as a uh, opponent for the Hulk. Yes. So I'm going to assume Stan Lee was involved, but I don't really know. But yeah, I love I love Wolverine. I love the fact that he's five foot nothing and will kick your ass. And, you know, there were some comic that part books. Was lost, that part was lost in the movies, is that he is supposed to be... Yes. Short. Hugh Jackman is six foot five or whatever, and it's just like, no, you don't understand. He's supposed to be this tiny little nothing of a dude, barrel chested, you know, just squat, like as wide as he is tall, like, you know, some of us. (laughs) Rhino. Supposed to be Rhino. Yeah, basically. And I don't know, like, there was something about that character. It was very R rated. His healing factor back in the day before, again, he got sanitized. And I say that because of the movies. Like, he'd get beat Mm -hmm. up in the comics, and his eye would be hanging on his cheek and would be gory in a way that most comic book heroes certainly were not. Um, I don't know. There was just something about him that I always really, really enjoyed. Yep. Um, I tweeted this out. I was an X Men fan. Um, You know. Everyone has some sort of, you know, thing that makes them feel like a mutant. I actually have physical things that make me feel a little bit like a mutant. So I think I identified with that because here were people who looked strange. And here were people. (laughs) I love the mental picture that's just coming on in people's heads right now. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I liked them. And I liked the fact that, you know, they had powers and most of them had a downside to their powers and, you know, they had to work together and kind of figure it out and be ostracized. And I like that. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for the email, Bosk. Uh, Glenn says, who's for turning? Hi, guys. Who has been your personal most shocking and or favorite turn in WWE, either from face to heel or heel to face? Enjoy your vacation, DC. Thanks as always, Glenn. Glenn, you're a nice guy. I will enjoy my vacation. Um, hmm, favorite turn. I like the double turn at WrestleMania 13 because I had never seen that before when Brett turned heel and Austin turned face in the, in a single match hmm. and it was, hmm. it was organic. It didn't, nobody planned it that way. It was just how it happened. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll go with the obvious one. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Like, sure. I don't think anybody ever saw that coming. So nope. Um, I'll also go, uh, uh Honorable mention to Shawn Michaels throwing Marty Jannetty through a plate glass window. Sure. Although I will say, I know people like point back to it as like this, obviously it's a super memorable moment and all that, but I was watching around that time. Like I remember seeing that around the time when it legitimately happened and I didn't really feel like it was a big deal at the time. It was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, the Rockers, well, okay, sure. I suppose, I don't even know this for a fact, but I, I imagine they were champions at some point. No, they weren't. They won the titles in like a house show and then lost them on another. Right. So house I mean, that's the thing I was going to say. Like, they never the really felt changed. like a big deal no, to me. They were a mid card team. So when this one guy turned on the other guy, to me at least at the time, again I was a kid, but it was more like, okay, that just happened. Mm-hmm. Owen turning on Brett's another. Well, one. sure. But really, going back to the Rockers for a second, there, like I know it because because Shawn Michaels went on to have this career. True. But like at the time, it really was like, oh, Epico turned on Primo. 
All right, then. Oh, man. Yeah, that's I fair. Mean, I don't know. I'm noticing we're, we're this is a pay-per-view weekend. We're not even making predictions and productions because you're not going to watch. First time so in the history point. of the show. I know. Um, our final email comes from Kev, titled Sad Times. Hey, guys. Greetings from the UK. I've just returned from another trip to Amsterdam. This time it was a mixture of business and sad pleasure. Uh-oh. That's the worst kind of pleasure. I had a conference with a customer of mine who, when I emailed them to confirm it would be presented in English, said it would be. So I settled down in my seat, and they had radio. Wait. Oh. Okay, the email needs to be scrolled. And so I settled down in my seat, and they all start talking in Dutch, much to my confusion. Then they ask who's British, and a small party of us put our hands up. Then they hand us these little radios and headphones so everything can be translated. This sounded promising that I would at least be able to get to what the business strategy for the next year would be. The next downfall, though, is that all the slides were also in Dutch. I attached a photo, none of which make any sense, as the translation was running about a slide behind. What a complete waste of time. (laughs) Anyhow, on to more important matters. With that being over, I then got to spend a couple of hours in the city, searching high and low for our late Dutch friend, Stephanie Van Dyke's father, Edgar, to show my respects on behalf of the DDT family. no, stop. This is not starting again. You want me to stop? We're not reading this. (laughs) I feel bad. Read it. The search was successful in an area called the Red Light District. We sat and had a coffee and a hash cake whilst talking about how proud of Stephanie's work in the modeling industry he was and that she'd been able to move away from the red light work. Oh, Stephanie had a past. He had a sense of pride about him as we sat chatting and witnessing a tramp trying to negotiate ten minutes with a lady of the night in one of the many windows in the red light district. There seemed to be a sense of relief from him. I also have worked out that in the red light district, the ladies in the center of the area are like fine restaurants serving the best food and ingredients. As you walk out further afield, the quality of the ingredients becomes older, chewy, and not appealing to die at. (laughs) This is the area I witnessed the tramp. I also took a photo here of the telecoms box, which I like due to the wording and symbols combined, which I felt gave a mixed message of positive and negative together, but also felt fitting with Doc's outburst last week. <laughs> what is that? Well, I feel like okay it's directed then. at Mitchell. <laughs> On another note, from my sabbatical of wrestling viewing, Becky seems to be killing it at the moment in the world of Twitter. It's a shame she can't fight at the series event, and I wonder if they have done that to have a potential match to headline WrestleMania. Sorry this email is long, and feel free not to read it in case you do proofread prior to recording. (laughs) Clearly we don't. Best regards, Kev, sent from Sony Ericsson T20E. And there is a picture of people sitting with some Dutch words, and a picture of a telecoms box with profanity. But also, you know, a heart. There, there is a heart there. They got their heart up. Peace, peace symbol. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's intentional. I don't think they're keeping Becky off of Survivor Series. I think she's legitimately injured and won't be able to wrestle. But I hope that this does mean that Becky and Ronda can happen somewhere else, even if it's at the Royal Rumble. Why not? <laughs> All right. Um, so that takes us through the emails. Thank you to everyone who emailed. We are. Okay, we're still under half uh, an hour and a half. Uh, Doc Manson, give me a piece of positivity for your week. My piece of positivity for this week is... 
I don't know. Um, I was going to fall back on something wrestling, but that's sad to do. But I will say it anyways. Um, Becky Lynch, I saw the segment on SmackDown where she was naming who would be taking her place at Survivor Series. She was given the choice. And I just wanted to sure. say, uh, when she got to Asuka, there was quite a crowd reaction. And I, I like yeah. the fact that despite the fact she hasn't been used very much on television in any sort of capacity that, I, that I've cared for in some time, it seems like the audience has not forgotten who she is. And I think that is promising. I agree. I think Becky is a great story for any talent, male or female, that all it takes is a little bit of a push and you being able to take the ball and run with it. And you can get really popular and really meaningful really quick. Yeah. So um, my piece of positivity won't be wrestling related. Uh, One of my favorite shows in my college years um, was Good Eats. Yeah. The Food Network show out in Brown. Um, what was that show was with Mark with Summers? Unwrapped. Yeah. I like that one, too. Um, but uh, Good Eats is making a comeback, apparently, in 2019. With Elton? And to, to, yeah. Elton John? To kind of Elton Brown. Ah, yes. <laughs> That's Elton not John right Singer. at all. Though I'd watch that show. <laughs> He did not write The Lion Sleeps Tonight. He was part of The Lion King. He didn't write that? No. He didn't perform it in that movie? No. That movie, that's not a song in the movie. That's a song in Ace Ventura. Are you sure? <laughs> Jim Carrey and Courtney Cox are getting it on, and all the animals are like... Huh. Four times. <laughs> I know. I must be tired. Okay, I'm better now. As a kid, I had no idea what that meant. Yep. Uh, I, I also this had an no awkward idea moment. What... I was, um, I had, it was high school. <laughs> Young Doc Manson uh, was, was, uh, had a girlfriend. And, you know, this was a girlfriend with whom, let's say, some Pank and Hank perhaps had occurred at one point or another. And I was joining them, uh, her, for family movie night. The movie was Spaceballs, so there I am with my girlfriend and uh, her parents, and she had a younger brother as well as two younger sisters, one of which was much younger. You know, the the youngest was, you know, probably still like elementary school. Um, And anyways, and and the, the younger brother was probably... I don't know, three or four years younger than us. So if we were in high school, he might have been late middle school or or so. And it gets to the part in Spaceballs where you know they've got Princess Vespa all sort of uh, tied up there, and they're trying to negotiate with 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 the uh, King of Druidia for the combination to the airlock, and and uh, they're they're threatening to give her back her old nose. And the nurse is there, uh, to, you know, to to assist with the nose rhinoplasty, and uh, Dark Helmet, played by Rick Moranis, I believe, delivers a line along the lines of, uh, "I bet she gives excellent helmet." And the younger brother begins laughing, and laughing. And laughing and saying, I get it, I get it. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there next to these parents, and I'm just like, you do not get this. 
And if you did get this, you would not be laughing in front of your parents. I may have just been feeling a little extra out of place given that I knew for a fact that their daughter did give excellent helmet. So, I don't know. Like I said, it was awkward. Were you the only non-family member there? Yes. That's a that's a sticky wicket to try to uh, negotiate. I mostly just so, stayed yeah. silent and prayed for it to end. Uh, that's the only option. Um, but yeah, Good Eats is coming back and they're doing currently to try to build more excitement because I think a lot of people have forgotten about it. Um, he's taking some of his old shows and he's basically almost doing like a pop-up video sort of thing where he's playing the episode. But then hmm. if he wants to change the recipe, he comes – Modern Alton Brown shows up and like changes things. And so it's quite cool. So I it's a way of it's using Good old Eats. content – but updating it with the minimum amount of effort to fool people into digesting it again? There's, in some of them, like a third of the episode is new. What if we but... went back to episode one of DDT Wrestling and we periodically just paused and, and, and added additional commentary? Do you think there's a market for this? I don't think it's a bad idea. I'm, the thing I put together for episode whatever it was, 149, was essentially just kind of taking some of the best moments, either funny lines or predictions we made, and kind of just putting it out there. I don't think it's a bad idea for us to sit and listen to an old episode and then occasionally pause and talk about, you know, whether how right we were, how wrong we were. Because <sighs> the best part is, you and I don't remember what we said. No. We have no idea what I we mean, talked Pav about. Knows. I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure that Spaceball story is on a previous episode because I've heard that story before. I think you're right. I don't think you mentioned the excellent helmet line. <laughs> uh, so that's a new detail to add. But uh, what can I say? Yeah, I just I so, just I just love to keep on giving. So did she. I'm an, I'm a very giving lover. Uh, yeah. Good Eats Reloaded is something I would recommend people checking out. I would recommend you uh, thanking yourself for making it through another episode of this podcast. Doc Manson, do you have anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? If you have questions, comments, or other things that you'd like to have read on the air, you can do so by sending an email to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you'd like to listen to our other 152 episodes, as well as episodes of The List, you can do so by going to your podcast directory of choice, including Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, and or Stitcher and Spotify. Or you can go to our web portal, ddtpod.com, where you can listen to all those episodes just through your web browser. And finally, if... You've enjoyed what you've heard. And how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling to offer some slight financial support to DC and Doc to help us keep the lights on and keep this pod train a choo choo chewing along. You choo choo choose me? He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? <laughs>